0: Hello and welcome to Superwomen of Monaco, I'm Serena Benedetti, the host of this podcast. In each episode, I interview remarkable and inspiring women from Monaco who have a positive impact on others, either through their professional activities, their creativity, or their engagement in nonprofits. I hope their stories will help you extend your horizon and see the world through the lens of possibilities. Today my guest is Vibeke Brask thompson the director of She Can, He Can. Vibeke is Danish and was raised in France, Monaco, and Switzerland. She worked for many years in Brussels on security, disarmament, and nuclear nonproliferation. She understood the effects of gender inequality when working with women in post-conflict societies. That's what motivated her to start a non-profit organization in Monaco, She Can, he Can, formerly known as Gender Hopes to work towards the goal of making gender equality a reality. Her mission is to encourage girls and boys to challenge life-limiting gender stereotypes and to realize their full potential, independent of their gender. In the podcast, we talk about the difference between inclusion and diversity. It will certainly open your mind on some things we say casually without thinking much about it and that could be insulting for some people. VBK shares many tips on actions to take in our personal life and at work. We talk about the pledge for equality and how making a small commitment can have a big impact. We talk about parenting in a journal-neutral way, not focusing on stereotypes, but by widening options for the kids. On top of her work in equality, VBK has three young kids, so a lot of experience to share on the topic of parenting. We talk about the progress in Monaco in terms of women's rights, what has been done so far and where there is some room for improvement. VBK also shared some surprising statistics about women. I was shocked by the one about women and incidents. You hear all of that. And just for sake of clarity, this recording was done before the COVID-19 crisis. Here is my conversation with VBK Brask thompson Vibeke, your mission at She Can is to help and encourage anyone to enhance their potential and pursue their goals and aspirations independently of the expectation of their gender. That's right. Uh, how do you feel when you hear some statement like, don't cry like a girl? Often it makes me feel a bit
1: sad, a bit uh, frustrated and uh, especially I want to challenge it because I think sometimes, and this is true for many different um, areas, we, we tend to say things without thinking much about it. And when we did, for example, a workshop in a, in a school recently with 15-year-olds and we mentioned this and they said, I had never thought that this was an insult when I said that. And it was even a boy who had a younger sister and he was encouraging her to be the best, to do her best, but he didn't notice that then he would sit with his friend and say, oh, don't cry like a girl. And he wouldn't even realize that it was an insult to his sister or to any other girl. And and for us, it's really the mission of challenging that because a lot of times we say things without even really realizing it or without thinking about it. And, uh, and that's one thing. It's just often when you point it out, people think, oh, okay, actually, I won't do this anymore or I'll think about it next time I do it. Um, so I think oftentimes it's just a matter of awareness raising.
0: Yeah, and well, jumping on awareness, you're the one who raised awareness to me about inclusion. I thought I was doing pretty good with a multicultural team at work, and that uh, I, I would deserve a gold star for that. But I realized <laughs> after we you did a talk for a professional women network that attended uh, that it's not enough. I mean, mm-hmm. uh, having a, a diversity in a team is not enough to uh, to be considered as inclusive, and uh, there is much more to be done. So, can you define what inclusion means? Mm-hmm. And uh, um, what was a, a moment for you when you discovered inclusion also? Mhm: So I think it, it, it really
1: comes when uh, we tend to group diversity and inclusion together, and a lot of people, when I meet them, and I tell them what I do for, for a living, and I run she can he can. And then uh, they, they're often really happy to tell me that, oh, you know, they have a, uh, the women, uh, there's a CEO uh, who's a woman in their company. Uh, there's, you know, a black guy in HR. And uh, so they're really happy because then they feel that they have diversity and that their company is doing well. And this is, diversity is something you can really put a number on. You can, you can count it. You can make a graph. You can, you can have clear statistics about this. So many people really love this because it's something that's really easy to count. And, uh, and really easy to understand. But then, and it feels like this, the problem is solved. If you, if you have a, a woman CEO, a woman director, you just think, or a woman prime minister in a country, uh, you just think, okay, then the problem is solved, we're all equal. But it goes much deeper than this. And this is, often, this is what we call inclusion, is how do you measure this impact? How do you measure the impact that someone who is different brings to the workplace? Um, it's uh, is this person listened to can this person be themselves in the context of their work or of yeah, of their work, and um, and this is this is something we're really working on. It's much harder to measure. Uh, it it goes from what is a culture in the workplace? Do we do we do jokes? Do we do homophobic jokes? Do we do do we you know is there a certain culture where men are valued more? And it's all this to challenge. It's it's much harder to measure. And we often compare the fact of saying um, inclusion is be uh, diversity is being invited to a party, and inclusion is being invited to dance, and that's quite a different thing so that's how we'll uh, we'll we'll say that's different it's, it's
0: a strong image actually and mm-hmm. when you say you you give this uh, simple example uh, it brings light to the topic and it clearly defines the difference
1: exactly and of course i can also understand for a lot of people it can be slightly frustrating because it's a lot harder to measure it's like when when are we successful and this this is uh this is something that takes a lot more work mm.
0: Mm. and for you when did you get this awareness about inclusion
1: Um, I think it's through my work. I think it's also through a lot of those conversations where myself, before learning more about it, I also thought, how come that... X amount of countries have had a female prime minister or president but there's been no change on the ground how come that there is a female CEO but there is no change in the culture and by asking myself those questions by being educated by speaking to people who were expert on the topic um, I really understood that actually the problem is a lot deeper than just a number of representation and, and numbers you can count It's it, it really takes also for me it was an awareness also of thinking we need to do introspection into ourselves and think what am I doing to create a more inclusive workspace or environment in general. That it's not only looking at the other who might look different, but also looking inside myself and uh, and, and where, where, where I'm from and what I can bring and how I can promote that type of environment.
0: Yeah, it comes from all of us exactly. At the end of the day. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, let's talk about the Pledge for Equality. Yes. It's an initiative that you launched in September uh, That's right. for right, can, can. And basically, it's a commitment to promote equality. Mm-hmm. I was surprised to see so many representatives of institutions and Mm -hmm. uh, ministers, uh, celebrities who took the pledge, like uh, Chris Froome, Nico Rosberg, David Coulthard. How did these people react when you reached out to them and uh, uh, sending your idea of this Pledge of Equality? Mm. How did the idea was welcome?
1: So first, the Pledge for for Equality, we, we came up with it because we realized a lot of people were coming to us saying, what what can I do to help? Can I can I give you some money? Um, what, what can I do? Is there a book I can read or or? Um, but what is the UN doing? And then we realize that of course all those things need to be done, but it's also at an individual level, as we talked about earlier with uh, with playing or crying like a girl um it starts with those comments you might make it starts with again it starts with yourself and uh, and i think that's what we were trying to do with just engaging individuals and saying actually you can make a difference you can get engaged and if you make a difference you don't need to change every aspect of your life but just by making a small commitment it might have really long-lasting consequences and uh, and so that's how we started we started with this, and then we approached we we also thought so she Can, he Can is very uh, monaco based organization. We do the majority of our work in Monaco that's our focus because that's an environment we know well, we understand well, we work with uh, so then we thought Monaco is such a great place, and it's at the same time internationally it it, it has sometimes a positive image sometimes a less positive image and we really wanted to challenge this and say there's a lot of people actually doing great things living here um, who also want to be involved in the community so when we approach a lot of those people we a lot of them realized that they could actually use their voice as a celebrity to help promote equality so the majority of them were, were were really happy to participate, and uh, and their participation also has helped enhance the message and promote the message, and and show that in Monaco it's it's not only uh, fast cars and uh, and uh, and yachts, but it's it's also people who are deeply involved in their community and deeply involved to to, to make a change for the better.
0: Mm. Going back to the fact that we can all make a little thing, so I took the pledge for equality on the on your website, and uh, I pledged to listen to. The voices of all present in my workspace. I took the same <laughs> pledge. <laughs> <laughs> and I, I think I would encourage anybody just to look at everything that you suggest on the website uh, because it, it raises awareness on little things we can do uh, mm-hmm. that will not request a lot of effort, but by little things we can make an impact. And we're
1: also right now working. we have already a few, but so there's a list of ten pledges or you can make your own, and we are also really working on developing specific tools to assist people on how to implement their pledge in the daily life. so now, if you take the pledge on the website, we'll get in touch. We'll send you some specific ideas um examples, and so on to really make it concrete, and most of the time it's it's just as, it's just as you say, being aware of it as well, so
0: and people will love to get examples yes. Yeah. Talking about equality and diversity, for me as an individual, it's, it's a value. It's something I want to live by and uh, something I want mm-hmm. to be part of in my life. How can society at large and companies understand how they can benefit from diversity?
1: Um, I would say if, if they're Monaco-based, they can take a workshop with us. <laughs> uh, we do we do really short workshops, so I think that's the first step. Uh, in Monaco, the government has recently laun- launched something called the Monegalité, uh, which is also a kind of uh, chart that companies can take in order to promote equality. Um I think just by looking at the the people around them, the, what does their office space look like? Who who are the people they're working with? But also by looking inwards, uh, one of the activities we do, for example, is how can we look at a at a, um, at a job uh, offer, a job description? Um, what what type of people that does that appeal to? And sometimes even without noticing it, the job description itself might be discriminatory, might not be inclusive. And by being able to look at what words are being used, are those words that are speaking to and uh, to the best candidate, or is it speaking only to a certain group of people um, so this can be from larger steps to more concrete small
0: actions and do you have an example for example of a wording on a job description that could be not inclusive so it's it's uh, so. There's been some studies done as to the, w- the
1: the way we use adjectives and how we associate some adjectives with being more male or more female, um, and there would be words like leadership or challenging um, that are more that t- that people tend to associate more with being a man, and other words which uh, would be. Um, more like team player or caring or attentive which people tend to associate more with a woman so if you use those um, words in a job descriptions, for example there's many more mm-hmm. um, uh, either a man or a woman might identify more already with a job description and a woman might not see for example again but might not see herself as a team leader so she might be discouraged from applying for the job because she hasn't been taught to identify as a team leader although she might have all the skills to be a great
0: team leader Uh, Let's talk a bit about parenting. Yes. (laughs) So you have three kids. (laughs) That's right. Small kids. (laughs) Yes. (laughs) And uh, you also run a book club uh, to to raise awareness and um, uh, to avoid stereotypes uh, between kids, I guess. Mm -hmm. I imagine that it's kind of passive war against the stereotypes. Um, So let's say that uh, girls should not have uh, only pink. Uh, items and Boys Only Blue, mm-hmm. uh, you already made a campaign in Monaco for that. Mm-hmm. How does it work in the book club?
1: So the book club, um, right now we run uh, only a book club for parent and daughters. We mm-hmm. run two, one of them for eight-year-olds and the other one for ten-year-olds more or less. And uh, the, it's m- the maximum amount of kids is five, five kids plus their parents. So we're about ten people maximum. And uh, we tend to read books. so. Um, a lot of of people are surprised. There was actually a dad who brought his daughter the last one we had in December and he was really surprised because he thought we were going to do a bit of man and boy bashing, which there's nothing of, actually. And most of the time, we don't even talk about stereotypes as such, but rather we... We might read books that that girls or boys are not used to read because we tend to always see a bit the same type of stories, which is often, you know, the girl in a slightly um, uh, passive role and the boys being out on adventures and so on. And just we try to find... Books that completely challenge those uh, things. We read a great book uh, in a cartoon form uh, called Roller Girl by Victoria Jemison, the last one which took place last night, actually. And uh, in this one, it's just a story about a young girl who discovers a new sport and how she perseveres in order to understand it, how her best friend doesn't want to do it, so she loses her friend, but then she makes another one. And so we discuss values such as friendship or such as confidence or such as we also talk about emotions. How do we all display emotions differently? Um, sometimes uh, you might be afraid, but you might display anger. Or um, And so we encourage the, the girls really to, um, uh, to to be able to, to talk about that, to be able to see stories that they might not be used to seeing. We also really want to read stories about great uh, women who have achieved who've done who had, had various achievements um from in history but also today and uh, and really encourage them to we discuss, for example a, a famous uh, female surfer recently and and all the things that girls can achieve but we also tend to discuss boys who are in maybe more uh, less traditional boys roles as such where they might be you know the stay-at-home dad or and we really want at that book club to give as m- as a wide area of option area of options to the kids for them to see, and um, and especially to give them a place where they can talk and exchange ideas and do fun
0: activities. And uh, what type of advice you would give to parents who would like to live uh, in a gender neutral way uh, with their kids and would like to start with some easy things? So first it's obvious avoiding the stereotype colors but mm. is there any practical tips you could give to a, to a family
1: there's a, I think there's a few things obviously every family is different and works in different ways uh, there's been some research that shows that for example boys are usually given more speaking time uh, they're interrupted less so how can we challenge that how can we make sure that girls and boys are giving the same uh, uh, speaking time not being interrupted there's also been some research that says that we tend to tell girls to be careful much more than we tell boys to be careful and that's really interesting because as such when you when you know if you climb a tree and you're five years old that a boy or a girl has the same risk of falling or not falling and but we tend to to stop girls quicker and be like be careful don't go too high don't go don't go too far while we tend not to tell that to to boys as much and and I find myself doing the same I hear also my husband sometimes saying the same to our girls and I'm trying to completely ban unless there's a big danger the world (laughs) be careful um I think also sometimes it can even be by the way we dress them because it is uncomfortable sometimes to wear a skirt if you're going to climb in trees mm-hmm. while y- your brother might be wearing jeans, which is a lot more comfortable uh, when you're climbing a tree. Um, so I think it's it's in a lot of things. It's maybe also in what we do at home, you know. It's like how what type of roles do we show them and, uh, and especially how can we really encourage them to pursue what they really want to do uh, also by giving them the right... Um, role models and and by showing by buying them books that might also include role models that they can aspire up to and not always seeing the same stereotypical traditional roles Um, so it's really by widening or rather by not closing any of their options or when you go to a toy shop to let them explore the whole toy shop and get whatever they want whether it's for a friend or or for themselves. Do your kids understand what you do? I think the, the girls, the, my oldest child is nine. It's a girl. And I think she she starts to understand it. So uh, we're talking about uh, equal pay recently. And uh, she was so shocked. She was so shocked to hear that uh, that there is a pay gap. And she said, but why? And that's not fair. And, and in her own words. And when you hear it from kids, you realize how, how ridiculous it is, yeah. of course. And how they, she can't even make sense of it. And it's really interesting. So I think she's starting to grasp it. Yep.
0: Yeah. You have a busy schedule. You have a uh, lot of speaking engagements, and I'm happy that we can meet before you oh, go to the you. opera. <laughs> <laughs> thank you. <laughs> do you have a tip uh, for other women to be uh, more efficient in what they do?
1: Oh, I wish I wish someone could give me that <laughs> tip because <laughs> sometimes I feel I'm definitely not efficient, and I need more more discipline. Um, I think it's really challenging. I think uh, if you, I mean. From my experience as a, as a mother, it's it's challenging because uh, society sends a lot of mixed messages. You know, you're supposed to have kids, you're supposed to take care of them, but you're also supposed to work. If you stay at home, mom, it's not okay. If you work, it's not okay. And that's really difficult for many women. Um, and we're also often taught to be the, the parent in charge, the one who has to remember to pack the school bag, to pack the sports clothes, to remember it's swimming day. And it's a lot of unpaid work, first mm. of all. And it's a lot of burden, mental burden, to always think about that, the dentist appointment. the thing, to Because not only many women today have a, a work outside the home, and then they have another work inside the home, mm. um, which also affects th- um, the time they can dedicate to a paid work. So in terms of getting organized, I Unfortunately, I'm, I'm not the most organized person and I definitely still myself need some tips on how to, on how to, to manage time because I'm always torn. I want to spend time with my kids and I want to work. Uh, and so I would also say hopefully find a, a partner who you can share the chores <laughs> with. <laughs> That's,
0: That's the, the clue. <laughs> <best. Yeah>. Exactly. <laughs> okay. Uh, you work with uh, the government of Monaco. Mm-hmm. Uh, you're part of the Committee for the Protection and Promotion of uh, Women's Rights. How does Monaco do in terms of achievement? What, what has been done that is uh, remarkable and that we can be happy of? And uh, what still needs to be done? And how do Monaco position itself uh, in terms of women's rights compared to other developed countries?
1: So I think um, when we start, when I started uh, working in this field in Monaco eight years ago, uh, we started working a lot on domestic violence and how to address domestic violence in Monaco. And back then, it was a topic that victims were being helped, but there was no communication at all about it. And very quickly, the government, and that was really with the help of the then uh, health minister, was Stéphane Valery then, who really understood immediately the importance of. Um, of of uh, assisting victims and of talking about it, so I think Monaco has been very welcoming in that in that sense of 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 learning of understanding. There's, for example, a problem with domestic violence like there's in any other country, and we had not even dreamed of seven years ago to see a, a public poster campaign around Monaco. And now it's been three years they're doing it. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think there's been. Tremendous change, even just in the last seven years. We I've been working on this field. Um, there's also been uh, le- legislative changes taking place. Uh, a year, a bit over a year ago, there was the appointment of the the committee for the for the protection and promotion of women rights, which is also a fantastic advancement. Um, and uh, I think there's a lot of the. The committee, Céline Cotalorda has started two studies, one of them on, on the pay gap, and that's uh, the IMSE doing this. So they haven't released the results yet. They're still working on it. And then they also are doing a study on what violence against women looks like. And uh, they've just came out with the first report um, showing that, of course, like in any other European or world, world country, it is happening, um, and how women being helped. I must say, I was really disappointed to see there was zero conviction for rape in 2019. And I think just like in any country, we know that rape is happening in Monaco. Mm-hmm. And uh, it's it's very troubling to see there was no conviction. Um, so that's, that's one, one point where I think there needs to be some work done in terms of, of support for rape victims, also in the just judicial system. Because if you think your rape case is not going to be prosecuted, you might not take it to, to court or even just to the police. Um, I think there's been tremendous progress. There's a strong willingness of working together. Also what's fantastic in Monaco is such a small community, so people are, it's, uh, it's easy to, to, to reach the people that, that, that work on the cause and to work closely in cooperation together uh, for the benefit of all. So it's been, we're really happy with this partnership and this uh, this development.
0: Great. Uh, Do you have one book to recommend? Uh, It could be on equality, on inclusion, or it could be a book on self-development to uh, maybe gain more confidence.
1: So I would recommend the book called Invisible Women by Caroline Criado Perez, which I read last year, which um, is an absolutely fantastic book in which she addressed the gender data gap. She talks about how uh, women suffer from the lack of studies that have been done on, on women. And she, for example, gives one quick example where she says that women are, if I'm not mistaken, 17% more likely to die in a car accident and up to 40% more likely to be injured because safety features in cars are not designed for women. Uh, for example, the fact that women have breasts and then the seatbelt passes on top of their breast, but also the fact that women tend to sit closer to the wheel or women tend to be smaller and lighter. So in case of impact, they might move in a different way in the car and so that leads obviously uh, to putting women's health in danger and uh, this whole book is, is absolutely fascinating, I can really recommend it yeah. and then I'd also like in terms of a novel that I just finished, uh, it's called Girl, Woman, Other by Bernadine Everisto uh, it's, she's, uh, she won the Booker Prize and uh, I it was an absolutely eye-opening novel that I can highly recommend as well.
0: Great, thank you Last question, what's your yeah. favorite place in Monaco for restaurant or going for out? Everything you want. <laughs>
1: So, I'm going to be very... So, I love the beach, but unfortunately, it's closed. But <laughs> I do love going to the, to, to the beach for dinners. Uh, and to the Lavoto beach? To the Lavato beach, okay. yeah. And I love to swim. I swim all year long, so now I can't swim. So, I'm a little bit... Uh, because of the Lavato is closed, so that's a shame. Okay. And then, just in terms of places to go, I love to go to the Café Valentin. Okay. Uh, I love to work there. The owner is fantastic. She's fun. And uh, it's, it's always one of those casual places where...
0: Uh, where you, you, might, you always run into someone you know which is really nice great Rebecca. thank you very much thank you and that's it for today if you liked the episode and want to hear more stories of superwomen of Monaco subscribe to the podcast on Apple Podcasts or wherever you listen to podcasts please help me grow superwomen of Monaco by leaving a 5 star review on iTunes one last thing I am testing a new business idea an innovative undergarment for women I would love to have your thoughts and feedback Please head to akimba.fr, A-K-I-M-B-A, to find out more.